Always be clear where you get your conservative talk. The St. Louis Business Journal is now reporting that liberal billionaire George Soros is the largest shareholder of Odyssey. The parent company of KMOX and 97.1 Talk. Soros' maneuver raises critical questions about the future of media ownership and influence. Money and attention is power. And when he has the money and he controls what's on the radio stations, he's going to be able to control the mind. Potentially hundreds of millions of Americans. St. Louis's trusted source and number one. Number one. For conservative talk. This is News Talk STL. Hello and welcome to Wednesday afternoon here on Columbo and Katie on 1019 and 94.1 News Talk STL. It happened. It's cold. From 80s to 20s in about five hours. It's pretty amazing what happened in St. Louis last night. Hope you are... Staying warm after this uh, big time cool down. Of course, we will get on Friday afternoon, we'll get that all important weekend forecast and we'll get an update from Steve Templeton on kind of what to expect as we ride this weather roller coaster. So always uh, look forward to that. That is one. That's one for the old bookmark. Mm-hmm. You know, put that one on the calendar every Friday, 245, the weekend forecast from Steve Templeton here on Colombo and Katie. Always a good one. Uh, today, got a great show for you. We are going to open up Close's Cabinet. We'll have a little bit of fun with our buddy Mark Close from KC95 and Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet in about an hour from now, just after three o'clock. And in just about 15 minutes, we will talk to the Insider's Insider of Missouri politics, the great Rodney Boyd. So we'll get a full update on everything happening statewide, everything that's happening in the legislative session in Jeff City right now. So very much looking forward to that. So we'll get into that local stuff with Rodney in a few minutes. So let's start with some national news and none bigger than the announcement today by Mitch McConnell that he is stepping down as the Republican Senate leader at the end of this current Session. So, longtime Republican leader, Senate, Mitch, uh, Senate leader Mitch McConnell announced today that he will step away from leadership in November. McConnell, who turned 82 last week, announced his decision in the well of the Senate shortly after noon today. Though McConnell will not be the GOP leader after this year, he did say that he will finish his current Senate term, which runs through 2026. So, um, Officially ends in January of 2027. So he still has a couple of years left on his Senate term that he, at least at this point, is saying he will serve that out. But he will no longer be the Republican leader in the Senate after November. It's after a good move. It's you a think? very good move. Um, Why do you say that? I think I think we have learned through Biden's presidency, the American public is sick and tired of the older generation running things. Mm. That's not to, I mean, then you have the other person, Donald Trump, who is also older. I mean, he's 70. What? Don't know. I can't remember. 74, 75, maybe even older than that. Yeah. And it looks like he is gaining nothing but steam. He is still firing on all cylinders. But I think the public is. I do think the American public is sick and tired of having the older generation run. Even from Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, Joe Biden, everybody just wants even a smidgen younger, even someone Mm -hmm. in their 60s, younger and a little bit more relatable to what's going on in this day and age. Is it younger? Is it just younger like the age that is all that matters or does the appearance and the actions of that person mean something so as you mentioned Donald Trump and the, I, I, if you're watching on the cameras I just kind of did like a dang it uh, when Katie mentioned Trump's age because yesterday we were talking about that cupcake interview that Joe Biden did with Seth yeah. Myers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was during that or if it was another interview that he was giving yesterday or in the last couple of days where Biden brought up Trump's age. I got to find that quote. I got to find that quote where he was asked about his age. I think it was the Seth Meyers interview. And he was like, Seth Meyers said, you know, there's a lot of um, polls show that Americans are concerned about your age. And he said, well, first of all, the other guy is just as old as I am. And second, and and I thought, okay, yes, but this kind of to my question to you, 
Is it just the age or is it also the the actions in front of the camera and the and the you know the energy that you output that you show when you are in front of the public? Like I don't think that when people see Donald Trump, I don't think the first thing they think of is how old he is. When you see Joe Biden, the first thing you think of is how old he is because he looks and acts yeah. so old, old and out of it. I mentioned yesterday during that, go back and watch that Seth Meyers interview. He's when he's not talking, when Seth Meyers is asking a question, Joe Biden is squinting and his mouth is hanging open and he looks like he's either not listening or not understanding. He looks like a confused old man. So is it the age or is it the appearance? Well, as we know, Mitch McConnell has had a lot of health sure. issues oh, and yeah, struggled no, no. very greatly. I'm not talking about just specifically right. with Mick. I'm, Mitch. I'm just talking about like in general. Is it like when I think you're showing your age? Is I that, think that's the, the showing problem? of the age is definitely the greater of the issues. But I also think that people are. I think people do have an issue with Trump's age. Sure. I, I mean, and Trump is with it. I, I, I mean, Nancy Pelosi. She's older and she's still with it. Oh. Which is treacherous, but she is. I just think that with people are sick and tired of looking at our leadership and saying, why are people in their 70s and 80s running this country? And Mitch McConnell did have some episodes that we were all privy to that we saw play out on national television that definitely were concerning that I think lead in this reasoning why you and I talked about this off the air. He's never going to say it's health issues, but... That is a lead reason, a big cause of probably why he made a decision like this. But maybe it was push from peers, from colleagues, from the American people saying, guys, enough is enough already. And I think this presidential election is also proof that people are like, really, we we can't have somebody. I mean, Ron DeSantis is 45. Right. Vivek Ramaswamy was 38 or whatever he was. Maybe he might have been younger than that. Maybe he was 36. I think he was 36. But why is it we can't have younger adults trying and running this country? It really is amazing how old a lot of the leadership is in this country. It's t- they're t- I was just doing some quick Google searches to make sure that I was right because I... I pretty sure i knew but to your point joe biden is 81 we all know that mitch mcconnell as this story said he just turned 82 nancy pelosi who's no longer speaker of the house but was for a long very recently and you're not going to tell me that she doesn't still have a lot of power Mm -hmm. she's 83 Donald Trump is 77. Yeah, that's what I, 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 yeah, I thought he was 77, but I said 75. And Chuck Schumer, he's the youngster of the bunch at 73. Think about all the people that you know in their 70s and 80s. Some of them are sharp as a tack and with it and it's fine, but it's something that's always going to, it's always something that you are thinking about and, and, you know, monitoring to make sure because we it's going to happen to all of us it, so to have a bunch of 80 year olds running you, the the highest you know at the highest level the the country is operating our country and i and this something. is the other thing mm-hmm. i think finally although the power is so much more delicious than anything else which makes these people be able to put up with a lot I think the idea that Mitch McConnell thought of four more years of either Biden or four more years of Trump was probably an exhausting idea. That's that's third. That's secondary. <laughs> yeah. That's even third. That's down. I don't the know. List. At this point, when you're 82, when you're when you're 52, and you've got a long political career in front of you, maybe you're ready to fight through. You are, but maybe maybe he's at that, exhausted. Yeah. Maybe he's like. Age Maybe if he thought it was easy street, he was like, I could do another, I could, I could do another few years because things are going pretty good. But looking at the current situation and the drama and the turmoil that comes along with either one, maybe it's. Maybe that did. That's a great point. Maybe that did play a role. He might be exhausted. And (laughs) and the American public is not too fond or too keen of Congress right now. 
I mean, yeah. there's also a lot of people really upset and really angry with some moves that are being made with the people of Congress right now. And there's not a big trust level happening. So all of that is to say, I think age is the significant part. I think health is also a reasoning, but maybe exhaustion has finally happened with Mitch McConnell. I wonder if those instances of him freezing up hadn't happened if he'd be doing this. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think think age and even more so the appearance of that, of the impact of his age has a lot to do with this. Um, it kind of ironically interesting timing that we're talking about all of this on the same day that Joe Biden revealed earlier today that he is making an unannounced trip to an unplanned. Nobody knew about this ahead of time to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center today for a physical exam. Biden has undergone year undergone yearly physical examinations since the beginning of his term in line with every other president since Nixon. Earlier this month, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that his physician, Dr. Kevin O'Connor, the president's physician, did not believe a cognitive test or physical was necessary right now because she said that the doctor believed that Biden proves his cognitive ability every day in how he operates and how he thinks. I agree with her. We just think we just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the way that she means it and the way that I mean that, mean that sentence are totally different. I, I agree with her that he does show his cognitive ability every day <laughs> yeah. and how he talks and thinks and acts. But anyway, so that was the last we'd heard uh, anything about a, uh, a physical or the or there being a scheduled physical for the president. Was when she said that last month, like, oh, we he talked to the doctor and the doctor doesn't think he needs one right now. And he proves his cognitive ability every day. But today, this kind of came out of nowhere. He's he, and, he, and he's doing it today. He's making this trip to Walter Reed mm-hmm. today to have this physical. Uh, he received his last physical on February 16th of last year, 2023, when his physician gave him a clean bill of health in a letter that said, that Biden was, quote, fit to successfully execute the duties of the presidency. Today's physical will probably be the last one before the election. So I'm anxious. I am to too. see what it says. If we even get to see anything, probably, you know, probably won't probably won't see any of it for real. And what, except for some very rosied up (laughs) yeah this is that's kind of piece of it it's it's funny because whenever trump used to have his physicals and you Mm -hmm. know i mean we i feel like we got to a t what what was going on with trump because you know he turned out perfect absolute beautiful they've never seen a body uh, like this before that doctor oh is he Mm -hmm. well he was just in the news i remember doing a story about him just a couple weeks ago because he Gosh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. He was a military doctor. I can see him in my, I can see him. He was the White House physician when Trump was there. And he said that he's, while he's never um, examined Biden personally, him being a physician and a White House physician for years and years, he said that it is crystal clear to him as a doctor that Joe Biden is like in advanced stages of mental decline is it ronnie Ron, jackson Ron, yes that's ronnie it. jackson mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. but it's that's it it's interesting because there was so much put on trump's physical mm-hmm. by trump himself mm-hmm. you know he'd tweet out how perfect he was and no one has ever seen such a body as donald trump's body <laughs> um so he definitely highlighted it too But I remember it was just a big hoopla in the media about Trump getting his physical and what the results were going to be and blah, blah, blah. And now it feels like the only part of the the deal with this is just because it was unexpected. You know, if if Trump got his bill, I mean, if Biden got his bill of health back, I feel like the media wouldn't have made anything about it unless it was just like off the chain, beautiful, perfect, which I don't think that that's going to be the result. (laughs) But that's the most surprising thing of this whole is that it was unexpected. 
And I do wonder, matched with that report that we saw about the cognitive decline mm-hmm. from an actual expert, mm-hmm. if this is a, if this is a necessity that they should have been doing, yeah, during a campaign season. Yeah. It's funny that he just it just out of nowhere made the announcement. Oh, I'm going to get my physical today. Do so. you think it's because of that report? Do you think it's because, because of, of Mitch? That, uh, no, no, no. Because of the report that came out about Biden saying that no. he he's not cognitively capable. Of having any legal action taken against him. Oh. Remember, it was yeah. like a week ago. I can't remember the verbiage that was used. It was like... Yeah. He, he, yeah. The the her report. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Maybe. Do you think Maybe. it's just to try to counteract could that? Be. Yeah. Could could absolutely be. I mean, that was a few... You'd think it, I mean, if that was it, you'd think he would have done it right then. But uh, I don't know. And you're so right about. So I just checked. And Ronnie Jackson is a uh, he's a congressman out of Texas now. United States congressman out of Texas now. And you're exactly right. Not only did the media skewer Trump whenever he had his physicals because everything was perfect. Everything's mm-hmm. perfect. I'm the smartest. I'm the best. I'm the healthiest. I'm beautiful. I'm absolutely they, beautiful. They came after him. They came after Ronnie Jackson, who at the time was just a was just the White House doctor. He was not a Republican in Congress. You know, he wasn't a politician at the time. He was just a he was just a doctor. And the press attacked him like, how can this doctor is a fraud? How can uh, Don, yeah. Trump doesn't do anything but eat Big Macs and drink Diet Coke and do, doesn't sleep? He can't possibly be healthy. I remember he would get attacked just as much as Trump. And surprisingly, we're not as critical yeah, of the, doctor. the doctors for Joe Biden. I wonder why that is. Mm. It's almost like the press has a has a bias it's almost like they play sides that can't possibly be if that if that bill of health comes back and it's like spotless like he's in perfect wonderful health the view can you you remember the view the view is just going to be like do you see clean bill of health beautiful wonderful it can't be it can't be it can't be because we can see it with our own eyes so they got to walk the tightrope of he's got a little bit of this going on Obviously, but it's he's totally they gotta figure out a way to deliver that yeah. because if they try to come out with the he's clean, he's as healthy and with it as a forty year old we we will all call Balderdash. Yeah, yeah Balderdash <laughs> for sure. All right. We are going to get back into some of these national headlines. Hunter Biden testified today behind closed doors, but some of that, some of the transcripts from that has been leaked. Uh, Some interesting stuff there. So I want to get into some more of these national headlines a little bit later on this afternoon. But we're going to shift gears and go local and talk about what's happening in Jeff City with this Missouri legislative session and uh, other local topics with the insider's insider of local news and politics. Rodney Boyd joins us next on Colombo and Katie. For podcast articles and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's amore. When the world seems to shine like you've had too much wine, that's some Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 1019 News Talk STL. As I mentioned, going to shift gears and go local with our next guest, the great Rodney Boyd, the insider's insider of Missouri news and politics. Rodney, thanks as always for your time, my friend. How are you? I'm well, man. I'm, uh, uh, Happy to be reporting from our state capitol. Yes. Well, I'm doing well. Good. Okay. I I just made the promise twice to uh, talk about local stories with you, but I, I just want to get your quick thought on this. I don't want to get into this issue. I don't want to dig into this trial, but there was a funny moment in the Fannie Willis trial, uh, and I just wanted to get your thoughts as an attorney uh, on on, a, on when this type of moment were to happen in court. So the former law firm partner and divorce attorney Terrence Bradley testified under oath last night regarding what he knew about Georgia prosecutor Fonnie Williams and special prosecutor Nathan Wade's perfe- personal relationship. Bradley took the stand uh, after the judge determined Bradley couldn't claim an attorney-client privilege. And again, without getting into the details, when confronted with a record of texts and communications in court last night, uh, 
after saying, I guess, I guess after just making a statement that, you know, none of this was true or these communications didn't happen, he was then he was then confronted with a record of it, the evidence of it. And the and Bradley, this Terrence Bradley uh, sitting there on the stand goes, dang, <laughs> like very, like very. Like very audibly and very visually, like turned his head and like whispered to himself, dang, (laughs) as an attorney, (laughs) if you are, if you have somebody on the stand that, (laughs) that goes, dang, (laughs) do you feel pretty good about the direction of your case at that moment? I just thought it was really funny. (laughs) No, I don't. And you know, if I'm that witness. I would be very worried about potential perjury charges. Oh, yeah. You know, because it gets that serious. And, and we have <laughs> a situation um, where this actually happened. Uh, very similar. If you go back about maybe 10, 15 years ago, the mayor of the city of Detroit was accused of having an affair with one of his key staffers. And he denied it, uh, vehemently denied it, uh, outside in the media and on the stand. And the text messages were subpoenaed and showed and uh, presented as evidence. And he was charged with perjury and a few other things. And he actually ended up going to prison. So, no, I mean, this is serious. When you when you make these statements, you better be prepared to be fronted with the, uh, as you said, the text messages. And then almost like that sigh, that sidebar sigh mm-hmm. was an admission. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's uh, it, it, this whole thing is just, you know, quite bizarre and has become uh, a, a, at least a referendum on this. If you're going to have a job and you're going to go after our profile folks, you, you really better make sure your house is in order, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we're seeing here, just all this mess that's coming out um, that just really distracts from, you know, uh, it really distracts from anything that this person can do. And her credibility now seems to be, I understand she says she did nothing illegal, but... There's two things. There's illegal, then there's unethical, right? And either one of those could just destroy your credibility to be able to do your job. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty much done uh, as a as a credible witness when you do the, the dang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the stand. It's over. <laughs> With everybody watching you. I just thought, yeah, like, no, well, that's, that's the end of that <laughs> when I saw it. There's that. <laughs> It was uh, yeah, and so, I I didn't see the testimony. I wonder if there was an opportunity for a, a clarification and an admission. Because uh, if not, if he held to that, if he held to that testimony, then you really it, perjury becomes an issue. Yeah. After you know? the dang, he said that uh, <laughs> he was speculating in his in his prior comments. Uh, yeah. So oh. after the dang, he tried to fix it with. Um, oh, I was speculating before when I was talking. So yeah, not a not a good look. Not a good look. I just thought it was something uh, really funny. More drama, as you mentioned. It's just politics are so sensational and, dr- and dramatic right now. And the state of Missouri has not uh, has not been immune to that this year. But it has been good in recent weeks with with both you and guests like uh, Justin Sparks and others that we've had on. At least recently, we've been actually talking about some issues and and uh, not as much about the personal drama that that was dominating the headlines early. So uh, let's just start with an overall like what what is uh, front line right now in the Missouri House and Senate the the issues that are being discussed. To, to be clear, the the driving issue when we talk about this right now is the budget. Right, the budget is the and then what that means to your listeners. We have a constitutional requirement for the General Assembly to convene every January through May with the most important mandate that they do an appropriation and allocation of the state's 30 plus billion dollar budget so that the state can continue to run. They got to get that done. Fiscal year ends uh, end of uh, June and begins in July. So that's the driving force. So there's a lot of various committee hearings about, you know, all the different departments are coming before these. Uh, appropriation committees and explaining what they need money for on that that's the boring normal mundane stuff that government should do and then over top that as you and i've talked about there are significant issues around this petition reform uh, how we go forward with the ability to amend our constitution and statutes as well but more importantly the, the constitution there's significant conversations around education reform expanding choices for parents. Those are fights that have been going on for a long time, but 
Uh, recently, in past sessions, there's been some movement on the sort of choice side where people can have more flexibility uh, within the uh, confines of where they send their kids to school. Certain tax credits have been passed. Uh, and then you get into a plurality of issues, right? There's issues with the legislation around uh, human trafficking. There's legislation around reforming elements of the criminal justice system like big legislation. You mentioned Justin Sparks. Uh, Rep. Sparks is a, is a, is a, is a, is a emerging powerhouse in the House, a former police officer, mm-hmm. law enforcement first kind of guy, and he's got legislation that takes a hard look at control of the St. Louis City Police Department. That legislation also is mirrored by Senator Schroer's bill. So these are issues that are getting uh, some air, right? There are, are issues that are looking at the earnings tax structure in St. Louis and uh, Kansas City. And so these are some of the other bills that are sort of now moving through the process. There have been hearings on a number of these provisions, and they will continue uh, to command a lot of attention. We're about now nine, probably nine weeks into session. And for your listeners, we start in January, first Wednesday after the new year, and we conclude second Friday in May. So if you if you count the spring break week, which is like, I think, March the 16th or 14th through the 20th, we, we're at about the halfway point, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so, so, so not a lot of stuff has moved uh, through, uh, for example, there's very, there's only been, I think one significant bill, uh, in terms of the highlights that's, that's moved. And that's the initiative petition legislation, which sort of was the command performance that the uh, freedom caucus demanded of their colleagues in the Senate that caused a lot of consternation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's not been a lot of cross chamber bills uh, that have come from the house to the Senate or the Senate to the house. I suspect before we get out of here, uh, for spring break, and we're looking at getting out of here, like I said, March the 14th or whatever that Thursday is, there's going to have to be some uh, up, uptick in the pace of what's moving out of the House and into the Senate and vice versa. Because when we come back, you know, it's that crunch time. It's that we're, we're approaching April. Now, one of the things we didn't talk about, a uh, big thing this, uh, that has colored the whole session is filing opened up. And we've talked, you and I have talked about the declaration phase. Tony, mm-hmm. I'm going to run for A, I'm going to run for B. You can declare that all you want. Where the rubber meets the road is this week, yeah. um, on Tuesday, filing opened up. And a number of people did file. People have filed, uh, it's, uh, incumbent office holders like Congressman Burleson, former member of the Senate and House came up and filed for his seat and yeah. so you'll, you'll see and Rodney just to be clear you're talking about the the people that have we've we've talked a lot about the people running for Senate and 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 Congress and governor but none of that's official until today until the until this yeah. week when filing actually opened up so that's the that's the what we're talking about when we say that filing opened Absolutely. up and the rubber hits the road now yeah no more no more it's not just about people saying they're gonna do something now it's time for you to Sign your name, create your create your candidacy officially, and then really go out and present yourself as an option um, for the voters. August the sixth, as we'll be talking about a lot, is primary day in the state, and so everybody that's filed today is really trying to get through August sixth. Right, they're trying to win their primary seat, whether it's a state rep, senator, uh, you know, uh, uh, secretary of state, governor. And that filing window open is open for about 29 more days. Then it'll close. And then we will be able to really say, these are the folks that have filed for these respective offices. And the voters begin at that point to have to make some real decisions about who they want to advance uh, on August yeah. 6th. For statewide so, offices, or even for statewide offices or national uh, positions, I think the primary election day is going to be bigger than the general election in November outside, obviously, the presidential race. But there's so many. I mean, even on the Democratic side, when you look at the Congress race between Wesley Bell and Cory Bush, there's so many inter-party um, uh, uh, elections happening. It's races happening. It's going to be, I think, really interesting. Rodney, I wanted to before we run out of time. Tony, please, to- Tony, please yes. don't please don't understate that point you made. Your listeners need to understand the most important day in our election cycle in this state, you said it well, is primary day. Mm-hmm. 
whoever wins on August the 6th in a number of these races, whether it's the first congressional, those are the folks, the general election, you don't really have a decision at that point. Yes. The decision for who's going to win in November is probably going to be in large part decided in August. So we should come back to that in other in subsequent you know, you're exactly and talk right. about why. Yes, yes. That's, as in, that's, that's as important or maybe even more important in some instances of a day to vote than the, than the general, which is very odd. It, it's atypical <laughs> when it comes to everything's atypical these days, though. Ronnie, I wanted to, to go back to the, you mentioned the budget. I remember reporting in uh, November and December that there that new steps a new system had been put in place and there was actually uh, hearings or or or, or uh, meetings between certain uh, people on the budget committee and things like that that it was they were they were uh, uh, actually working before the session started specifically on the budget to make it a faster process and not take up so much of the legislative session as it has in the past. Did that work, or are we are we in the same position we always are? Uh, we're we're in about the same position that we always are. One of the variables that determines the appropriations process is, is state income, right? And so revenues are always projected as to what they'll be, but we don't know until actually, quite frankly, until people start to pay their taxes and make their payments and we get numbers that really come in, right? And so the structural thing you talked about, yeah, it's great to start these conversations, but it's like balancing your own budget at home, right? You can have a plan, but then you gotta see what income comes into your purview so as to whether or not you can implement the plan, how fast. It's very much scaled out on a multi-billion dollar level the same way here. So as we get revenue, estimates are given away to reality. Maybe there were predictions, prognostications that just haven't held true. And we're coming in a little bit under what people anticipated in terms of revenue. So that will also affect and color uh, what these appropriators are able to do and how much they're able to appropriate. So structurally, there was some, some uh, energy around new ways to start conversations. But it's just like if you're at home and you're talking about what you're going to do uh, with a bonus that may or may not come in Q2, mm-hmm. you really have to see if the bonus is going to come. And there's yeah. a lot of variables as to whether or not you're going to have that money to deploy in the ways that you may have initially planned. And then obviously, because this is a political process and you've got a lot of people running for office, I believe both chairs of the respective appropriations committees in the House and Senate have indicated they're running statewide, number of members of their committees. So, you know, these votes, these budget allocations are not just the business as usual, but there's a political current that could just blow into some of this as well. So whatever happened pre-session has to conform to the reality of session. What are the revenues like coming in and how does politics shape how some of these uh, allocations are made? And both those realities are what we're dealing with right now. Ronnie, one more real quick for you before we run out of time. You did mention initiative petition as being the one issue that has maybe gotten some movement and some discussion uh, this session so far. How far has that has that discussion come? Is there a basic agreement Look, in place, or like can we be optimistic? Well, can we be optimistic that like, something's going to happen? Where, where, what's the boy? You, you're throwing around some some very significant terms: agreements <laughs> and optimism. Optimism. <laughs> And yeah. I'm not really. How dare I? Really, <laughs> yeah, how dare you bring up those sort of uh, declarative <laughs> terms? Look, I mean, uh, optimism and, and and agreements are in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. There is a there is a bill that has advanced through the Senate, which was which was really the the tough terrain. Uh, and there are people that don't like. There are people that want IP reform that don't think the bill goes far enough and it was watered down too much. That bill will make its way through the House. And I'm pretty sure the House will make some modifications to that legislation uh, that will also be, you know, uh, probably uh, not to the liking of some and to the liking of others. But then that's probably going to have to be worked out in the conference committee. The good news is some legislation on that issue was able to get 18 votes plus. We need 18 to pass a bill in the Senate and move it to perfection. So we're going to have more conversations about IP reform, because there are just some people that don't like uh, the, the compromise that we reached. They don't think it, it's, the, it's the right way. The process, we got a lot of ground to cover on that issue. But the good news is we're not still stuck at 
at the baseline, trying to figure out can anything move through the very challenging, and it was designed to be challenging, Missouri Senate. I apologize for my filthy language earlier, Roger. Thank you for setting me straight. <laughs> I was just you're being provocative, provocative language, agreement, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, optimism, like optimism. I mean, why would you speak like that about the legislative process? Listen, great stuff as always. Really appreciate the insight and look forward to continuing the conversation with you next week, my friend. That is the great Rodney Boyd. Yeah, have a great Thank rest of your day. That's great stuff there. Rodney Boyd, the insider's insider when it comes to Missouri politics, always uh, with some great information and insight about what's happening there in Jeff City. All right, we're going to open up Close's Cabinet at 3 o'clock, have a little fun with our friend Mark Close from KC95 and the sponsor of Close's Cabinet, Skip Weber from Weber Chevrolet. So looking forward to that. Before then, we're going to fill you in on Hunter Biden's testimony today behind closed doors on Capitol Hill. He addressed his situation, his father's involvement in his business dealings and the evidence presented against him. Hunter Biden had an answer for all of it, and I will tell you about it next on Columbo and Katie. You're listening to Columbo and Katie. For podcasts, articles, and more, find us on NewstalkSTL.com. Play tippy tippy tay tippy tippy tay like a guitar. Follow us on Getter at NewstalkSTL. When the stars make St. Louis's new choice for conservative talk. What citizen wouldn't want to make American great again? Live and local. You lose your dicks and notch. Yeah. Uh, you lost America. I saw it etched on coins up here. <laughs> this is News Talk STL. Had some lights flickering at our house last night as some of that uh, weather was coming through. And it just uh, reminded me about Grasser Electric and what a great service they have and what a great company they are. Grasser Electric specializes in all electrical needs ranging from large scale commercial projects all the way down to simple home service needs such as replacing a bad light switch. They offer 24 hour emergency services as well because Grasser never wants any of their customers to be left in the dark. And and they, uh, they've been at our house multiple times uh, since we bought our new house about a year and a half ago. Grasser has helped us with various projects, and they have just been absolutely outstanding. So, again, whether you have a uh, a, a project at your business or your home, a, a big project that involves some adding of electric services or moving around the wires and things like that, Grasser has you covered. And if you just have a bad light switch, Grasser has you covered as well. They also offer free quotes for new projects. So if you have an electrical problem or project, call Grasser Electric now. You can call them at 636-441-5200 or just go to grasserelectric.com. My friend, death is certain. Are you prepared? Larry Connors here. I don't want to scare you, but your funeral plans are an important conversation you need to have with your spouse, family, other loved ones. My friend Benjamin Schaefer at Senior Memorial can help find you an affordable final expense life insurance policy, regardless of your health condition. You could qualify up to $30,000 of lifetime coverage. Life insurance plans with Senior Memorial also offer living benefits towards hearing and diabetic supplies, access to a 24-hour teledoc service, discounts on urns, caskets, tombstones. Call my friend Benjamin at Senior Memorial and discover your legacy at 314-866-8886 or visit MemorialPlans.com, MemorialPlans.com, Senior Memorial Heritage Protection. It's a new year, so come check out the great financing offers going on now at Seavers JCB. Rates as low as 0.99% on nearly all JCB compact construction equipment, including the industry-leading JCB Teleskid. For details, go to SeversJCB.com. Many excavators, track loaders, small wheel loaders, and even the industry-leading JCB compact load all range. Seavers JCB has them all. Visit SeversJCB.com for more information. This hour of Colombo and Katie brought to you by Gutter Pros. Water goes where we tell it. Call 314-656-7195 or visit them at gutterpros.com. 
one got beat. I kissed her and she kissed me. Like the fella once said, ain't that a kick in the head? The room was completely black. I love the Dean Martin today. Welcome back to Colombo and Katie on 101.9941 News Talk STL. Who do I have to thank for this great music? Me. <laughs> I know. Me. I know, I know. Do you know? Yeah, I thought there. I thought maybe you'd be a little bit more humble. About it. <laughs> me, M E, <laughs> me. <laughs> so Hunter Biden testified today behind closed doors, but we have some of that uh, testimony with some of the transcripts here. He testified that he did not involve his father in his businesses while blasting House Republicans for having hunted him. And their partisan political pursuit, almost like a witch hunt. Yeah. Uh, and impeachment inquiry into his father. Hunter Biden appeared on Capitol Hill today for his closed door deposition. This is the one that was that he wasn't going to show up to and then was going to get charged with contempt of Congress, which he should have been. It is still ridiculous that he pulled that stunt where he barged into Congress on the day he was supposed to be there for this deposition and he wouldn't go like. If you or I would have done that or anybody else would have done it, we would have been charged. Total mockery. Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden still not charged with anything. They and Nuts. they had an easy one with the contempt of Congress situation. Mm-hmm. And this guy is just skating the by Teflon Don. Hunter Biden appeared on Capitol Hill today for his closed door deposition at the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees. Hunter Biden said Republicans have no evidence against his father because there isn't any. According to an open its opening statement, this uh, has, was obtained by Fox News and some other um, uh, media outlets. These transcripts, he said, quote, I am here today to provide the committees with one uncontestable fact that should end the false premise of this inquiry. I did not involve my father in my businesses. Not while I was a practicing lawyer. Not in my investments or transactions, domestic or international. Not as a board member. And not as an artist. An artist. He always throws in artist. I'm an artiste. He's, you're not an artist, Hunter. You are not My brain works an artist, differently. Hunter. You are not a creative. You you're don't a get creative. To, you don't get to claim that because you're not. No. You are nothing. You are nothing. You are nothing. Don't act like you are. You're creative. I love that. He goes on, quote, you read this fact in the many letters that have been sent to you over the last year as part of your so-called impeachment investigation. You heard this fact when I said it weeks ago, standing outside of this building. You heard this fact from a parade of other witnesses, former colleagues and business partners of mine, including my uncle, who have testified before you in similar proceedings. And now you hear this fact directly from me. The fact that Biden, that his dad wasn't involved in everything. So he's driving the point home. So what about the calls, the texts, the emails that we've all seen, yeah. all the evidence yes. that we have. What about that? Well, Hunter addressed that as well today, mm-hmm. saying, quote, Republicans have taken my communications out of context, hmm. relied on documents that have been altered and cherry-picked snippets of financial and other records to misrepresent what really happened. So all that evidence that we've seen of Joe Biden Sitting, you know, them sitting on the couch next to each other and him sending the text. Well, the man sitting next to me or references to the big guy or all of the or the other witness testimony that have said that this is the way that it was set up. And it was all about, you know, access and influence with Joe Biden. All of that was taken out of context. The Jim Jordan didn't write the transcript. Wrap it up. Jim, I mean. Nothing to see here. Taken out of context. Rand Paul didn't Sorry write to bother you, the transcript for with this conversation. A GOP, a member of Congress, or a Republican political operative was not the person that wrote this transcript in the middle of the night and then delivered it. You said the words, it was transcribed, and that's what everybody is reading. That's number one. Number two, didn't Hunter Biden's colleagues... Didn't his partners, didn't they testify at one point? Yes. And what what they said yes. 
during their testimony was what they heard and yes. what they saw and their interaction. What they with were Joe involved Biden. in. So, so out of context, I guess the Republican operatives or the members of Congress from the Republican Party. They were somehow in cahoots with your partners, your colleagues, and told them what to say whenever you were in the room. It just doesn't make any sense. You cannot make those two things happen thinking that people misjudge or misconstrued the things that you said. You said them. What part of out of context do you not understand? What part? And the other (laughs) thing about this is there... There is a first of all, everybody already knows this, but the Democrats tried to use they they tried to use the word witch hunt and make it into a farce and a fake fictitious thing that was actually happening with Donald Trump when Donald Trump accused them of doing this. This isn't a witch hunt. This is us looking at the documentations that you have, Hunter Biden, and making a decision about the things that we have seen and that you have said and that you have done. I think it's so far funny. From a witch I'm, gl- hunt. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's so funny because they he won't use the word witch hunt because that's Trump's word. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you use it and you say that there's if you say that a witch hunt is even possible, right. then it somehow gives credibility to, to Donald Trump like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, if you're admitting that there was that you know, the government is capable at this high level of a witch hunt, which because mm-hmm. every time Trump says witch hunt, people on the other side like oh, yeah. roll, roll their, their eyes. Totally. Yes. Like, here we go with this made up conspiracy theory witch hunt, witch hunt. So I thought it was really interesting that that Hunter Biden today, when he was calling, he said that he was being hunted mm-hmm. by Republicans mm-hmm. and their partisan political pursuit. Mm-hmm. There's a word for all of that, there and is. it's witch hunt, uh, Yep, mm-hmm. but he won't use it because that's a Trump word, and they can't give tr- a Trump word any credibility. They can't give it any credibility, and that witch hit, hunt actually happened against Trump. This is not, this is not happening to you, Hunter Biden. You're not being politically persecuted. You made bad, stupid, wrong decisions that involved your dad and we all are seeing it for what it is you just didn't think you'd ever get caught you just didn't think it could ever happen to hunter biden one more quick story here we'll probably have to get into the uh into this later on in the show today or maybe uh, later on in the week but i definitely wanted to get it out there progressive house democrats made a secret trip to cuba this week um while we're having a horrible border situation spiraling out of control here in the on the homeland in the United States, Democrats, including Ilhan Omar and and Congresswoman Jayapal of Washington, led a group of a dozen people, including a staffer from another Democrat congresswoman's office, uh, Barbara Lee, Democrat out of Car- California, to Havana, where they, according to a spokesperson for the uh, Progressive Caucus, Quote, met with people from across Cuba, civil society and government officials to discuss human rights and the U.S.-Cuba bilateral relationship. There is an embargo against working with and communicating and basically legitimizing anything that happens in Cuba. So this is ridiculous. And the fact that they're putting Cuba and the like pretending like the like. The problem is, is we don't we don't work with Cuba enough. The communist government of Cuba, the corrupt communist government of Cuba, like pretending like they're going over there. There are friends on a a humanitarian mission. Yeah, Mm -hmm. is is ridiculous. Representative Nicole uh, Malatikis of New York, who I don't know her name, obviously, but I thought she said it best. Republican out of New York. She put out a statement about this. And it summed it up perfectly. Quote, all members of the media should refer to the Progressive Caucus by their more accurate name, the Congressional Communist Sympathizing Caucus. It is outrageous that members of Congress would visit a country that jails, abuses and murders their citizens and supports Iran, (laughs) Russia 
and communist China Come against on. our interests. Perhaps their time would be better spent listening to the Cubans crossing our southern border and risking their lives on makeshift rafts to find out why they're fleeing that communist country. Come on. Yeah, there's more to this story, and I will get into it uh, either later today or later this week. And, yeah, it's just another another piece of evidence that the progressive left priorities are so out of whack. So ugh, it's turned around. Speaking of folks that are out of whack, Mark Close from KC95, our good friend, is going to join us next. We're going to open up Close's cabinet. We'll talk to Mark Close and Skip Weber next on Columbo and Katie. Beautiful life, sunshine enough to spread. It's just like the fella said. Never paint again. This is Darren, owner of Rhino Shield. Want to eliminate painting your home, business, or church? Call the experts at Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is a revolutionary ceramic wall coating to regular paint and vinyl. Perfect for aluminum steel, unpainted brick, block, stucco, ephus, drive it, cement board, and wood sidings. Rhino Shield eliminates wasting time and money painting year after year. Our ceramic coating deflects 90% of the sun's UV rays and 100% of the moisture. Our clients want affordable protection with the elimination of maintenance. Rhino Shield protects your biggest investment while maintaining your architectural features and gives you the curb appeal you deserve. Make your home great again by working with the Rhino Shield experts. A-plus rated with the BBB. Call 877 877- 25 Rhino, 877-25-RHINO, or 877-25-RHINO.com. See what we did there? Genius. Tell them, ladies. Go Rhino Shield. Never paint your house again. Rhino Shield. Hey, St. Louis, my name is Rob Carter. My new primetime show will explore the collaboration between corrupt media and our corrupted political system. From manipulated elections, open borders, mandated medicines, and unconstitutional lockdowns, what is going on? The Rob Carter Show. Let's talk about it on The Rob Carter Show. Join me weeknights from 8 to 10 p.m. on News Talk STL. Rob Carter, live and local, weeknights at 8 on News Talk STL. Where callers won't be canceled. It's just so ridiculous and so offensive. And we don't socially distance from differing opinions. I couldn't disagree with you more. I haven't always agreed with you. Free speech is alive and well in America right here. This country is worth fighting for. That's why we're canceling those season tickets. That's why we're canceling those subscriptions. I'm just so sick and tired of it. Disgust us. It's, it's, it's insanity, man. This is News Talk STL. KLGY HD3 Clay K270BW Belfalty KNBS Bowling Green. This is News Talk STL at 1019 941 and always streaming at News Talk 